This is the Trophy Room, aka Trophy Room Radio. I am your host, Brett Hammer. Wherever you are on this Monday, thank you for making me part of your day. Coming up, Nicole Jokic may be the anti-Westbrook. Where's the best spot for Chris Paul? Is Dalvin Cook worth it? And do the Giants need Saquon more than he needs them? That and so much more is is coming up here in just a second but as you know it is way too hard to buy quality graphic tees these days you look it up all you get is sketchy third-party products on etsy and ebay none of it's real game changers just don't want to wrench into all of that game changers is a real company that puts high-end quality real quality in the phrase you get what you pay for high-end quality shirts with all your favorite nba and nfl teams and players as well as rappers and other culture icons if you head over to gamechanger.la you can use promo code hammertime23 for ten dollars off that's capital h hammer time two three go ahead give me a follow on instagram and tiktok go ahead and screenshot this post it on your story let your friends know where they're coming on monday wednesday mornings for the pod much appreciated shout outs as you can probably tell i'm a little disoriented this morning i'm really tired like woke up and stumbled walking to the bathroom tired which doesn't usually happen to me and then stumbled getting out of the shower i'm just this whole waking up at 5 30 thing to go work a morning show while it's fun and i'm so grateful for my job holy cow let me tell you it takes a lot out of you but that's okay because we have a lot to talk about a lot of things that you may not love but they are the truth the first one that is the truth is let me give a shout out to Costco Chicken. I don't know if Costco's the brand per se. However, Luke Reesmer put me on this. I'm on keto. Holy cow, it's tough because I want cookies. My aunt had pie last night. I wanted that, couldn't have it. However, I hate the last thing when you want when you're on low energy and low, low carb is to have to go through and make this big extravagant meal. There's this chicken at Costco. If you're single, this is the move. It's six chicken breasts. I think it's like not super cheap, but it's it's doable. And it's pre-cooked, pre-grilled. You go pop in the microwave for a minute and a half. Sometimes I'll season it a little bit. Sometimes I'll just put Parmesan cheese on it. Do that. Some broccoli microwaved. Incredible. So there's that, number one. Number two. I don't know how many of you have heard of him, but I love John Christ. He is one of my favorite comedians in the world right now. And I knew he was coming to Salt Lake. Tickets were 50 bucks. Wasn't sure if I was super excited about doing that. So I didn't buy tickets. And then Saturday was the day he was coming. I hadn't bought tickets yet. And ah, I hadn't bought tickets yet. I was like, oh, shoot, Saturday. John Chris is here. Let's just see what they're like. They were down from $50 to $20. So I went ahead, pulled the trigger. And I know some of you want to get on me because I've been a little bit old and crotchety complaining about some of the movies I've seen recently. And wishing I wouldn't have gone. I would have gone on a $5 Tuesday because that would have been more worth my money. I'll tell you what. I paid $20 for this John Chris concert. Or, uh... He's a comedian. I don't know why I said concert for this John Christ stand-up. 
and it ended up being about two and a half hours, two, two and a half. There were guys who opened for him, obviously, and then I think his set was close to an hour, and then they all three came out at the end and riffed together. John Chris, I paid $20 for. I would have paid 100 genuinely. That's how good the concert was. So, if John Chris is coming to a city within two hours of you, frankly, it's worth going to see him. Whenever he announces his tour for next year, I'll buy tickets because it was that good. All right. First story. Look, some of you are not going to like this, but you're also going to realize that this is the truth. So, over the week, or not over the weekend. Well, yeah, over the weekend. Friday. Miami playing Denver in the NBA Finals. Now, you didn't see this unless you were at the game, but Miami Heat mascot, can't remember what his name is, but he looks like a Walmart uh, McDonald's mascot. Not Ronald McDonald, but one of the other weird characters they got. Conor McGregor is there, and they pay him to do this little promotional bit. Where basically he goes and beats the living crap out of this mascot. Which, sure, we've seen this before. Robin Lopez fought a mascot once. Uh, There was another UFC fighter who fought a mascot back in 2018. And, I mean, essentially, the the mascot inside the mascot, this guy was sent to the ER, went to the hospital following this event and this wasn't some battery and assault where mcgregor jumped out from his seats because the mascot did poured popcorn straight up this was a bit an event that they paid him for he beat the crap out of this mascot sent the mascot to the hospital and now uh dana white's been asked about it and i'm sure he's not thrilled about it Because it probably doesn't look like great PR to the naked eye. If you don't know the story, it looks like you just have a bunch of uh, brutalized idiots running around punching mascots for no reason. Obviously, that's not the case. But if you don't know, you know. And we live in a world where people only read headlines and nothing else. So Dana White was asked about it. And I mean, to be fair, he was fine. But he just his quote is was essentially, I don't know why you would want to continually pay professional fighters to beat you up he's like that's not me i'm sure he doesn't love because dana white is very much a guy who's in control of these guys uh if you look at their deals and just the way they work i'm sure he doesn't love them running around and doing this especially because it's a little bit of a safety and legal liability but the question that i want to ask is this is the conor mcgregor story a bigger story than this year's nba finals I would argue with you that it is. And that's not as much to say about Conor McGregor and the mascot as it is to say about the NBA Finals. And maybe you'll agree with this, maybe you won't, but I think a large part of it is this this color commentary that we have for ESPN. Because the memes are flooding the internet. And the problem that I foresee is that the memes are pretty accurate and that you're starting to be able to sit and feel 
what times Mike Breen is just had it up to here with Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy because they talk about absolutely nothing and then Mike Breen goes free throw made by Jimmy Butler. It's it's probably draining to him. It's not entertaining and it's kind of annoying honestly. You feel like you're listening to your grandpa complain about the good old days. So I think that's part of it. I think the other part is you have some of these games where there's three days in between and some of them where there's two days in between. And so fans have a hard time planning their life around every single one of these games because uh, it's just an inconsistency. And three days between games, like that's how much time there is between two NFL games in the regular season. When you have a Monday night football to Thursday night football for a series. And don't give me the, I, I'm not buying that it's player rest. Cause you got two, basically three days that you're not doing anything already. Cause if game one is on Monday and then game three is on Friday, in some cases now you have all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, and then probably walk through on Thursday, or on Friday. So I think fans are just, A, the matchup's not that compelling. That's not anyone's fault. You win, you beat who you play. If you win, you win. That is what it is. But there's too much time between games, and the worst part about all of it is any studs that the Miami Heat did have, Bam Adebayo has not shown up. Jimmy Butler seems like he doesn't care in this NBA Finals. And then Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero, the other two best players for the Miami Heat, they're not even playing. So there's that. And then you look at the Nuggets, who some Nuggets fans are somehow still giving the Nuggets no credit. And they're like, well, it's all Jokic and, and no one else on the team is even good. Everyone's literally trash. Nobody's even good. I'm like... Okay, Jokic is amazing, but two things can be true, right? So, uh, I mean, if you want to go that route, you could basically say there's no sexy basketball going on, which is what I said going into this. Again, I'm all in favor. This is a meritocracy. You win games, you get to keep on playing. That's how it works. But also, sometimes that means that the matchup may not be compelling. Now, I don't think Lakers-Celtics would have been that fun. Maybe more fun than this. The optics may have been more fun. But that is what it is. Um, let's ask this question. We got 20 minutes left. Because, you know, it's a Monday. I still got to go to school for some dumb reason. Um, is Dalvin Cook worth it? And you're going to hear a lot of people talk today about the denigration of of the running back position. Isn't this crazy though? Like if Dalvin Cook can't get a deal, that just goes to show you that these NFL teams are more forward thinking than anything else. So, let's give you your let's give you Dalvin Cook's stats. Dalvin Cook's first year in the NFL. 354 yards, still averaged 4.8 yards a carry, just wasn't the number one guy. Then, 
2018, doubles basically everything except for, I mean, his touchdowns were the same. He had two, but he caught 40 passes that year. So he averaged 4.6 yards a carry, 615 yards. Again, not that good, but second year in the league. Every year since 2019 to today, he has had over 1,100 yards with his lowest average being 4.4. 13 touchdowns, 16 touchdowns, 6 touchdowns, 8 touchdowns. And to be fair, the last two years, they had Justin, uh, Justin, why can I, Justin Jefferson. Holy cow, my brain is fried this morning. Justin Jefferson. So, took him out of the pass game a little bit, but it opened probably the run game up for him. Obviously. But it's an interesting world that we live in, where a guy who's been, Minimum 1,100 yards for the last four years. Not going to get a second deal. Well, then the question we would ask is, well, why not? What's everybody holding back for? Well, let's take a look at the five highest paid running backs in NFL history. And let me tell you, if that's the route you go, it does not look good. Pull it up. Highest paid running backs in NFL history. Number five, Adrian Peterson. 2011, after his insane MVP year, signed a $96 million deal. And then, I mean, even after that, though, his base salary was 12.7. Then, after that, this is where things get really ugly for the running backs. Le'Veon Bell held out in New York or held out in Pittsburgh, goes to New York, gets the deal, flames out. Todd Gurley holds out for a gigantic payday. Thought that we were going to reset the market for running backs. Just eventually decided didn't want to play football anymore. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, same deal. Held out, didn't get it. Hasn't had a thousand yard season since when he had a thousand yards he had a thousand two yards in 2021 so the problem is now if you're going to be the highest paid in the league, you don't get to play like average. And I think that's the issue that we're coming down to here is everybody for all these running backs want to be paid. Like they're the best in the league and getting paid 15 plus is being paid. Like you're the best in the league. So they shoot for Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. 2019, 1300 yards, 2020, nine, seven, nine, seven or nine eighty. 2021, a thousand 2022, 876 when what what's the common denominator besides the fact that zeke is a little not not washed but less productive than usual the cowboys did what they said you know what zeke we love you but we're paying you like the best when we found a cheaper option who could do it just as good as you in one tony pollard and that's the hard thing about the running back position is if you got a quarterback who's thrown for 4,000 yards 
you you don't have another guy competing with him in game at the same time. It doesn't work like that. And with wide receivers, it's more acceptable to do that. But with running backs, it's basically just open audition, open tryouts the whole season, right? So is Alvin Cook worth it? Sure. But what we know is as soon as you pay these guys like they're the best in the league, you are paying them for previous work. You're not paying them for the future. And that's the tough thing that comes down to why Dalvin Cook and teams are not wanting to give him this money, despite the fact that he has been a pretty much a top three back for the last four or five years. This one's fun. Because we're, we're, we're on the running back train still. So remember when the franchise tag was popping? Like, I feel like back in early 2010s, late 2000s, that's when it was really popping off. And, and nobody really understood what it was. And we started to learn. And it was like, well, you got franchise tagged. Your hands are tied. There's no options. Interesting. Because it seems like Saquon is now big brain time playing the game. And what I mean by that is, he just said, oh, yeah, I'm just not going to sign that. And with Saquon, it's a little different. And the reason why is, tell me a, a star the New York Giants have had, like, consistently, over more than two years, non-defense. Odell Beckham. They let him walk when they sent him to the Cleveland. Who else? I mean, Plaxico Burst, maybe. Victor Cruz for a second. Like, the reality of the situation is, yes, the Giants have had some good players, but in the last 10, 15 years, who they got? They signed Kadarius Tony, sent him to Kansas City where he popped off. Sign a wide receiver, overpaid him, so they let him go. And now you have Saquon Barkley, who three out of his five years in the NFL has been a 1,000-yard rusher and over 40 catches every single year of all those years, other than 2020 where he didn't play anything because he was injured. I, I think you could leverage... If you're Saquon, because he's not signing his franchise tag and he's not showing up to OTAs, and that's the story here that everyone's upset about, I think you could argue if you're Saquon, you could say, you know what? You need me way more than I need you. Because guess what? He could say, look, I'm, I was born here. I'm your biggest attraction. And frankly, you need me because this division only keeps on getting better. And I think... You signed Daniel Jones to try to bluff me out, but in all reality, we know that you don't believe in him. And this whole playing with no stars thing anywhere, how long is that going to last? I would argue, I would submit to you that in order to sell tickets this season, the New York Giants need Saquon Barkley more than he needs them. Because he'll get out to the market. I don't know if he'll be a top five pay running back in the league. I think you'll have a lot of teams who are worried about the injury situation, the injury history there. But 
he'll definitely be able to get more money if he walks. He would have to sit for a year. And I'm, I know you know that I'm not a huge fan of that. But he does not need the Giants like the Giants need him. And that's a fact. All right, Baby Gronk. This story is... Uh, it's not super fun, honestly. So there's this kid. For those of you who are adults listening to this, there's this kid named Baby Gronk. Some of you who are uh, less experienced in life may know who this is. I believe he's 10 years old right now. He's essentially an internet sensation because he's this small little white kid who was super athletic and trucks the heck out of everybody else his age. But it's starting to come out. So he did a post uh, last week, the week before, with Livy Dunn at LSU, who's this big gymnastic gymnast that all the guys are in love with. And he did a collab with her and like acting all alpha and stuff at 10 years old. But what's happened, what, what really blew things out of the water is some people are saying the dad's doing too much. The dad did this interview with The Athletic where he essentially said, um, this isn't a show, we do this for real, he eats brown rice and salmon every single day and nothing else, he's the kid you want in your house just because he's a dog, um, he said, I've had this life planned out for him since before he was born, red flag, and so he's been DMing a lot of big time podcasters to get him on the pod, which Okay, I, DMing Barstool Sports guys to say, hey, can I get my 10-year-old on your podcast? Uh, so what, I could say the F word at him and ask him how many tequila shots he did yesterday? I I don't know. So two things are at issue here. So the Bustin' with the Boys is one of the podcasts, one of the bigger, one of the big podcasts over at Barstool. He DMed Will Compton, who's one of the hosts, and he said, hey, let's do this. And Will Compton was like, no thanks, we're good. Kept coming for Will, kept coming for Will. And when Will wouldn't respond, the dad of Baby Gronk went to the co-host of the podcast behind Will's back and said, hey, we could do a one-on-one without Will. And then Will went off. And now the rest of the community has been going off about this dad and whether or not he's taking advantage of his son. And this is very, I mean, I watched this video the other day where they discussed whether or not LeBron, Lonzo Ball's injury history in the NBA is due to his dad. Because A, his dad worked him like dogs. I mean, it worked out for all of them. They're all incredibly talented at basketball. However, the point this video made is that it's possible LeBron, Lonzo Ball's injury history may be due to the fact that his dad's shoes that he forced him to play in would rip every quarter. And I wonder if that constant wear and tear on the shoes was wear and tear on his knees as well. There's a great speech from this last season of Ted Lasso. And I think I talked about it. Where they're... 
exploring the idea of creating a super conference in soccer where they can charge, they could take all the best teams, monopolize it, and make even more money off of it. And um, this woman gives a speech about how half the guys in there grew up trying to sneak into the arena because they couldn't afford tickets. And now we're going to flip, turn, and burn on those same kids. And I would argue that the same is true with this. Being the guy who says, my son is going to be an absolute unit. He's not going to be like other kids. He's not going to eat cookies. He's not going to sleep. He's not going to do anything except watch film. He's going to, I'm going to break his brain so that all he wants to do is make money someday, play the game. That incredibly stupid alpha mentality. A couple issues. I go back to that speech. Sports is about self-drive and love of the game. It is not about brainwashing your child. Brainwashing your kid into thinking that they're a football player and nothing else at 10, 7, 8, 9 years old, that is worse than parents who don't let their kids watch TV. And then their kids get out and can't make friends because they don't have anything in common. You have to let kids be kids. And I'm all for helping your kid be incredible at whatever it is that they love. I wouldn't be here if my dad didn't help me be driven for what I love. And I'm sure a lot of you are the same way. However, if I ever said, Dad, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. My dad went, I, I had that ability to think that, to think outside of myself. Whereas... Uh, the kid in this situation, I think his name is Jackson. He goes by Baby Gronk, walks around with this big chain. I don't know that he knows. And I do wonder if part of it's because I just don't think you can brainwash a 10-year-old like that. I don't know that much about psychology, but I do wonder if there's part of this that's he's just trying to be like his dad. He wants his dad's attention. So he just keeps doing all of this. I don't know. But... There is a long history of dads in sports who go too far and don't care about their kids. What's going to happen when, because guess what? His dad's 5'10". What's going to happen? Unless you're Tyreek Hill, that doesn't work. And we now have a long history of dads who are doing way too much and end up ruining the relationship with their child. Because what happens when he's an adult, this kid, and he doesn't make it? He doesn't need your approval anymore. He's out of the house. He's his own man. What is he going to be striving for? I think he'll be really confused and may end up hating the game. And I hope not. I hope neither of those things happen. I hope he goes on to make hundreds of millions of dollars and is an NFL Super Bowl champion and all that stuff. But the reality of the situation is we know how history has rolled for this for years. Uh, fun stories of me being reminded that I don't ever want to get the... Uh, Professional athlete mentality, speaking of toxic. So Zion Williamson, fun story on Tuesday. I don't know that I have a whole lot to comment on this, but it is a funny story. So don't worry. I'm going to say a word here that's a, a trigger word. Nothing inappropriate. Um, Zion Williamson releases his gender reveal with his girlfriend on Tuesday. Super cute, fun. They announced they're having a girl. That night, a porn star, there's your trigger word, don't worry, a porn star 
comes out on Twitter and says that she thinks she may be pregnant as well as she may be pregnant because they hooked up two weeks ago. When Zion currently has a woman whom he is having a baby with already. And then someone went ahead and leaked photos of Zion and his affair. Or videos, I apologize. Somebody leaked them on Twitter. So, rough life for Zion Williamson. Yeah, like Him not playing basketball is now the least interesting story in his life. And then you have Paul Pierce, who is live on Showtime with Kevin Garnett last week. I think they're doing some version of the Manning cast for the NBA playoffs. Don't I don't totally remember. But uh, Paul Pierce has gone downhill every time, ever since he was on instagram live again nothing good happens on instagram live nothing paul pierce did the whole thing with his strippers on instagram live when he was working for espn then got fired and then he was on showtime with kevin garnett the other day was super drunk didn't realize it and the whole time wanted to talk about kevin talk to kevin garnett about how he hired an escort for the day and then brought her to the set wild story Kind of fun. All right. Last one before we get out of here. I know we've had a lot of conversations over the last little bit about whether or not, uh, I think last week we talked about comparing Nicole Jokic to Tim Duncan. And whether, and I felt he was more Kareem than he was Tim Duncan, but I will say this about his comparison. I think he'll go down in history and we'll forget about him. Like you're all of you who are Nikola Jokic riders, you are going to be, your kids are going to be the same way we are about Tim Duncan where because the basketball wasn't sexy and he didn't care about stats. He didn't care about the optics. He didn't care about how he was seen. History will forget about him. Because like I've told you, Tim Duncan is one of the five greatest players of NBA of all time. It's it's similar to the Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes thing. You can say Patrick Mahomes is more talented. You can say whatever you want. Rings are still rings. And Tim Duncan's got more of them than most people. And did the winning, did the all-defense, did the all-star, did the first NBA, all NBA first team, all that stuff. Every accolade you could want, he's got it. And it's funny because Jokic was in his press game, post game presser uh, last week after game four. And they said, you're the first person to do a certain thing since I think LeBron and, and maybe Kareem. Uh, and he was just like, yeah, so. It was very Kobe Bryant job ain't finished yet. And I loved it. It was dope. But that anti-Westbrook mentality where you get these crazy stat lines and all you're worried about is winning basketball games. Because let's be honest, Jokic is that. He's not that athletic. He's not that loud. He doesn't care about the optics. He'd rather not even do post-game press interviews. He just wants to win games and be better than you at basketball. And oh yeah, his crazy stat lines actually lead to wins. I'm not trying to throw Russell Westbrook down, but I do hate that narrative that one season where we said that getting a triple-double mattered. Here it does. There it didn't. Jokic is 
the anti-Russell Westbrook. The problem is history will remember Westbrook more because he was louder. It's similar to the 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 no the the old uh, what do what do we call those? The old proverb or whatever it is. If a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? Everyone's there to hear it. He's just not making any sound because he doesn't care. He just wants to win basketball games, which is why we're going to talk about this on Wednesday. Whether or not this is a fluke for Denver or is this the new normal and are they the new I don't want to say dynasty, but the new team to be going forward for the next four to five years. Wherever you are, thank you so much for hanging out on this Monday morning. Have a good rest of your day. Have a nice Tuesday, and we will be back to talk on Wednesday. Cheers. Woo.